Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to today's show on World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. And today I welcome energy healer, conscious channel, a medical intuitive and doctor of arts, Ellen Meredith, to the show. And she's been in practice uh, since 1984 and has helped tens of thousands of clients and students worldwide. She's also a teacher uh, with uh, Donna Eden's uh, faculty since 2010. And her latest book, which is the subject of our discussion today, is entitled The Language... Your Body Speaks, Self-Healing with Energy Medicine. And in clear and down-to-earth way, she lays out the quite fascinating and powerful world of energy healing. I've read a number of books on the subject, but I found this one particularly interesting and, and very apropos. It's, there's, there's nothing sort of esoteric about it. it it's very real and, and, and visceral, which I like. Um, so, yeah, the rich and powerful world of energy healing and it provides numerous exercises and meditations that are also practical and specific. So get hold of the book. We'll talk more about it, uh, how you can get hold of it later. But uh, right now, I want to welcome uh, Ellen Meredith to today's show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be with you today. You know, I come from Wales, and uh, Meredith, of course, is a good Welsh name, and uh, <laughs> we, we, we pronounce it Meredith, and... Uh, Lovely. But I think in the, in the English-speaking world, it's it's Meredith, right? Did I get it correct? Right. Yeah, well, that's how I pronounce it. But I like right. the way you pronounce it. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, that, that, the original Welsh, that's right. So let's talk about this wonderful book. And, you know, like I said, I've read many over the years. I've been a minister for over 30 years. And, and you come across a lot of energy healing. And we've had energy and body work practices in our, in our community. Um but but this one I I, I found was um, encyclopedic in the sense that there's so much more to energy healing than just some of the stuff we, we you know the the esoteric stuff. This this is really li- living deep into into your body and and coming to a sort of an awareness of all the multiplicity of what's available, right? Yes, and it 
it I didn't set out to um, to archive what exists out there. I really set out to propose something very simple, which is that energy is the language that your body speaks. Your, your body, mind and spirit are constantly mm -hmm. communicating with themselves, uh, you know, all day long, all night long using energy. And right. it. It just seems to me that if we can speak that that language, if we can not only tune in and understand it, but actually respond appropriately in in the language, we have a way to participate in our own creation of self, in our own ongoing being. And so I set about to kind of dive underneath a lot of the modalities that are out there because they're all wonderful, but they're full of jargon and they're full of... Um, they're, they're full of, they have big learning curves. You know, you have to do a lot of learning before you can even use them. I wanted to go underneath and say, well, what is this language the body's using and can we learn to speak it? Well, I was fascinated with one section of the book because I've got one of my grandchildren staying with me for a while and right. he's like 15 months old. And, and you talk about that, uh, that pre-language stage, you know, before we learn the the, the words and all that, we, we still have a rich ability to communicate. And this is, yes. this is so true in his case, you know. And the first thing we do is teach, you know, our kids, where's your hand, where's your and your nose, where's your ears and all that. You know, we, we inculcate language into them, but they know, don't they, how to communicate at a, a sort of an, a different level than the language of, um, of words, of the lexicon, right? And that, that's, right. that to me is fascinating. We, we lose so much when we, um, we take on language, which is useful, right? The, the yes. vocabulary, but it also unfortunately limits us because once we've labeled something, we don't look at it anymore. You know, we've got right. a, a name for it, but we don't really see it for what it is. Yes, and I really believe that that energy is our first language, that, that infants and, and young children speak it very fluently, and that's yeah. one reason that we can communicate with them when they're pre-verbal. And um, I do align relearning this language of energy. It's not a foreign language. It's it's our mother tongue. So how do we get back to using that? And as you say, once we, we put a word on something, we label it, we tend to ignore it. We tend to treat it as that word and we, we stop investigating it. But when you see a young child, especially in what they call the sensory motor stage, and I do relate the learning of language to how we actually learn language as young children. Um, when you see someone in that ex exploratory phase where I'm sure your grandchild's putting things in his mouth and banging them and, and trying them from looking at them from different angles. What if we could get back to that very direct experience with with our surroundings, with our life, with our body in a moment. And it turns out that that's, that's the point of healing where you can inhabit the present and the now and allow the energy of it to, um, to move and to expand and to teach you. Um, and this sounds way more abstract than it is. It's, it's that our power is in the present and when we're off in some kind of future or abstract or um, you know outside our body, we're also outside the communications that are going on to guide us, to tell us what's needed and, and how, how can this body, mind, spirit committee thrive? Right. I was noticing the other day, I was interacting with some people and, um, you know, that, that, I mean, nothing against this. I mean, I'm not saying that there was anything bad, but nobody was truly present. You know, everybody yes. was um, saying the right words or whatever, but there, there was not the eye 
connection or the moment of just pausing to be present with with each other and and i thought yes. so so much of human interaction is like that right it's um yes it, it's sort of uh, distracted we're, we're all distracted by stuff and and, and yeah. when you come across a person who is present a lot of spiritual teachers have that quality of being present just to the ordinary yes. moment yeah, it's quite startling because you know you realize oh my goodness that person is actually here as opposed to distracted by a million thoughts and ideas you know and uh, yeah. it, it, it's but it's natural you know who we are is that presence right you, uh, you right. call it the the wiser self you know we, right. we call it spirit or whatever um but but it's that part of us that that is attuned always to and connected right and i make the analogy of the the music, the musician, and the instrument. And so your body is the instrument that, that you're going to play the music of your soul on. And your mind is the musician that has to figure out how does this instrument work, but also what is the music demanding of me? And we really have this constant um, adjustment we're going through where we're trying to adjust our instrument so it works better. And then we're trying to interpret the music a little more deeply. And then we're trying to um, figure out how to how to bring those together and and unify them into a whole and 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 play the right music at the right time and all of that. So, you know, life is a moving target. It's not a fixed thing. And a lot of chronic illness, you mentioned that a lot of people aren't present. A lot of people who I've seen over the years with, you know, named diseases, some of them quite serious, like, you know, stage four cancer, life-threatening illnesses. One of the things you notice over and over, or I have noticed over and over, is that it's very difficult for someone with chronic illness to be present. And you could say, sure, pain makes us want to leave the body. But the reverse could be true, that, that, that your body is screaming at you through symptoms. And it starts with gentle symptoms, a little bit of an ache or a little bit of a, a tingle somewhere or a little bit of hunger or a little bit of tiredness. And if we don't listen, those, those symptoms kind of will snowball into more and more um, definite disease states that, that can be diagnosed and whatnot. And so really one of the first tools in self-healing is learning to become present to the moment and respond appropriately. If you, if you tune in and say, and put your hand on your heart and your other hand on your, your solar plexus or, or your stomach, and you just hold there for a minute and you say, you know, ask your body, well, what's needed right now? And just see what arises usually what comes up is a very simple direct guidance system. It'll say things like, you know, rest. It'll say something like uh, go for a little walk. It'll say something like take a deep breath. And it isn't always words. Sometimes it's a sensation or an image or a, a yearning. Um, you know, I want the color blue. It's so consoling. And if we can get that dialogue built up, so we really have a, a very large um, vocabulary that we can can use in dialoguing with our own body, it has a built-in guidance system and we can it will guide us to wellness. And too often we're so focused on what's wrong and how do we fix it. We're not looking for what's right and what needs to be happening in order for me to be well. Yeah, and that's a huge point there, isn't it? I like that, you know, that uh, we're looking at the problem instead of the solution. And, yeah. and uh, one thing I found in, in my experience, uh, both with, you know, clients and uh, but also my own life, 
is that when you're dealing with illness or, or with a reverse, you know, with depression, whatever, any kind of stress, um, it saps your vitality, you know, and so yes. it drains your life of any meaning. So it's hard to be um, present, you know, to that because it's like empty and dead. It's it, all the colors have gone. And you talk right. about in the book about radiance, right? The natural yes. radiance that we have. And when you're in this, you know, context in in, in that mo in that mode, you, there's no, there's very little radiance. It seems, you know, every, everything is um, flat. Let's put it like that. Right, right. Yeah, you you can feel terrible. And and what happens is that we in our culture we're taught to look at the emotions. You know, how, if you could just clear your depression, then your energy will return. Or if you could if you could clear the emotional state, you'll feel better. And I suggest that people turn it around a little and say, what if the emotional state is actually a symptom of an energy problem? So if your bowl is empty, you know, you can try putting putting water in it. You could try filling the bowl. But if it has a couple holes in it, you're going to notice that, that the water leaks right out. And so the issue is, what tools do you have for repairing the bowl so it can hold the water? And too often we get so focused on the water itself we aren't looking at the bowl. And so with energy healing and, and, and self-help, because this is really about self-healing as well, it is about how do I work with my energies? And I, I give energy exercises and I teach people how to make their own energy exercises. How do I, can I do something to get the energy moving to shift that state, that emotional state that I'm unhappy about, that I, that mm -hmm. makes me feel terrible, or that where I have no energy. You know, if I have no energy, where can I find some? Right, exactly. Yeah, and, <laughs> and um, it, it, it's tricky, isn't it? Because you can't see it, you know, at the time. Yes. So you, you need guidance in that way. Yes. So, a few years ago, there there was this thing called the the oneness blessing. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, it came out of India, and it seemed like everybody was wanted to do the oneness blessing. I know we had a couple of groups in our church, and and uh, I think it's it's fallen by the wayside now because I don't know if it was led impeccably or whatever. I don't know, but it was a kind of a fad. But basically, it was uh, the laying on of hands, you know, and, and everybody oh. was all shakti pat, as they call it in India. Yes. And, and everybody was going on. Oh my God, this is the you know the, it's such a new wonderful thing. And I thought, are you kidding me? That you know, laying on of hands has uh, been you know with us for thousands of years, right? It's been it's in the right. Bible. Jesus did a lot of it. Um, right. You know, healing touch uh, is has been using it for many years. So um, yes. the, there's there's true power in in the in the laying of on of hands. It's not just a uh, you know a religious thing, right? It's uh, right. It's, it's effective. Right. Well, I like to, you know, to take it sort of apart from the religious context for it. Um, I like to say that the hand, your hands speak fluent energy. Your hands already know the language. And in our culture, touch has been so um, skewed. It's it's been sexualized. It's been it's been kind of co-opted so that, you know, we're, we're at the stage where you're, you're not allowed to touch a child that isn't your child. Or if you're, you're a teacher or a, a minister or a caregiver, you're not supposed to use touch as part of the, the consolation or other ways right. you help people. And so, you know, first of all, culturally, we've been cut off from one of our main 
instruments of com connection and communication. But in the privacy of your own home, you could touch yourself all you want. And I'm not speaking about sexualized touch. I'm speaking about letting your hands talk to your body. Can I give mm. a little exercise for this that I give in the book? Sure, that, absolutely. That your listeners would be interested in. So it's called Healing Hands. It's very simple. You can do it over the radio, but don't do this if you're driving. Wait till you're home. You can rub your hands together. And you've got two beautiful healing hands. So take whichever hand you want to do, take, move first and say, where do you want to go? And let your hand just go and place itself anywhere on your body it wants to go. And then your other has beautiful healing hands. Say, where do you want to go? And let your hand just go where it wants to lay, put put itself on your body. And you don't have to think it. You don't have to think, oh, where do I need to be or what needs help? your hands will know where they want to go. They may be going to a place that's sore or needing energy, but they may be going to a place where you have a lot of extra energy to share that, that they can then share other places. And often they will be touching what, what I call energy access points, such as um, acupuncture points or other places where it's easier to access the body's energy flows or energy byways. And they'll just intuitively be going there to influence how your body moves, how your body forms itself. Because the body's made of energy, it, um, it is fueled by energy, and it organizes itself using energy. So um, this is a very simple tool. And when one hand wants to move, you take that hand and say, where else do you want to go? And you just move it. And ask mm, the other hand, do you want to stay put, or do you want to move? Mm, you do the until you feel like you've you've finished some kind of a, a cycle or a process. You just say, okay, well, that's enough. I'm done. Um, and over time, doing this simple exercise called healing hands will bring you in a very different relationship to your body's energies. They will feel heard and you will feel like you have a way to, to hear them or tune into them. And it will deepen your ability to perceive what's being communicated um, through the various sensations of your body. Do you want to know where I put my hands? Sure. <laughs> well, if, if my right, right hand immediately went to my heart. And, yes. Um, and then my left hand then went to my third eye, you know, between my, in the middle of my forehead. Uh-huh. Um, so both those energy centers seem to be the place to, to touch right then, you know. Uh, I don't know why. I don't feel any hurt there, but um, maybe like you said, there's their power centers and I wanted to right. be in touch with them or whatever. But if it did feel very grounding, you know, that I was feeling my my body very connected uh, in yeah. a connected way. I yeah. think, um, you know, of course, connecting the heart and the third eye is about getting your spirit and heart on the same page, which is yeah. we mm -hmm. all all needs them, you know, and, and can benefit from. But in addition, if we expand the world word healing to think not just about, again, what's wrong and how can I fix this or what, what's ailing or why, where I have need, if we focus it on the notion of wholeness, that healing is about coming into wholeness. Yes. Maybe that was taking two superpowers and weaving them together for even greater um, coordination so you can do the work that you do even better. I like that. And I, and I also want to say 
maybe I was too critical on the oneness blessing. You know, if it's if it's benefited people, uh, then we bless it. And and maybe that was my connection there to connect up to my you know spirit <laughs> here and not be so judgmental on on another group. But it, it's not so much judgmental as the idea that it you know it was uh, such a new thing where it where right. these are eternal practices that are. That are very powerful. Anyway, moving on from yes. that, I want to dig, dig my hole any deeper. Um, you talk about a cab cabinets of wonders. Tell me, tell us what that is. Okay. Um, one of the things that I teach in the book is that energy often moves in response to uh, in response to a metaphor or a, an image. And it's not the same as visualization. Visualization is something you just do with your brain. And I encourage people to use their hands and their body and actually work with energies uh, quite f physically so that your body gets the memo. And um, so I call it an energy unity when you can affect, oh, a lot of different chakras or meridians or energy flows all at once rather than saying, okay, I'm going to sedate this one and I'm going to strengthen this one. And uh, for example, and this is something everyone will probably recognize, you can be sitting home and feeling just terrible, blah, or bored, or even depressed, and the phone rings, and it's your dearest friend. And that phone call will act as an energy unity. By the end of the call, you're maybe sparkling, you're happy, you're excited, you're, you're feeling positive about life. And it's not necessarily what you and your friend say in the conversation, it's that they act on your energies, plural, all of your energies, to get them moving and flowing the way they're designed to flow, which supports good health and good mood. So that's an energy unity. So the exercise in the book that's called Cabinets of Wonders is an exercise that uses this concept of moving a lot of energies at once. And it's based on the notion that we sometimes hold ourselves back. We have a lot of gifts. We have, a, we're wondrous beings. Each of us is unique and different and we're all pretty cool and wonderful. Anyone who sees energies with their, with their inner vision or with their eyes will tell you, oh my God, it's, it's a light show. It's gorgeous. And if you can hear energies, it sounds like a symphony and each person's uh, music is so beautiful, but so different. So the cabinets of wonders are ways that we kind of shut down our gifts and shut down, um, maybe our wonders and try to be more normal or more acceptable or just to hide because we're afraid we're going to be attacked. So sometimes it's nice to open those up and I can walk people through it. It's another one that's easy to do on the radio. Um, so imagine your, your head is in a big cabinet. Okay. And so in front of you are the cabinet doors and you're going to reach around with your hand and just unlock the cabinet from the outside. You know, so, so you're inside the cabinet, there's doors in front of you. You're just reaching around. You're going to unlock it. Then you're going to put your hands inside the two cabinet doors. You're going to breathe in. And as you, you exhale, you're going to push with your two hands to open the doors of the cabinet that your head is encased in just to release the wonders that are in your mind that have been in lockdown. And then you're gonna take the cabinet, say your torso or yeah, your torso, let's do your heart area from the, from the rib cage up is, um, is locked in a cabinet. So your heart is locked away. So again, you're gonna reach around, you're gonna unlock the cabinet doors. Then you're gonna put your hands on the inside of the cabinet doors right in front of your heart. You're gonna breathe in 
And as you exhale, you're going to push open those cabinet doors and open your heart to, to, the, to the fresh air around you. And then we'll do one more. Imagine your pelvic bowl is encased in a cabinet. And again, it's on lockdown. It's, you got lots of treasures in there, but who knows what's in there because it's all locked down. So you're going to reach around again, unlock the cabinet doors, and then you're going to come inside with your two hands. And if you can't use two hands, use one. You're going to breathe in. And as you exhale, you're going to push those cabinet doors, push them open and out. Just see what that feels like in your body. There's a principle in energy medicine, in energy healing, that says energy needs space to move. And very often when we feel crappy, it's because we have pulled our energies in. We've got ourselves contained and locked in in a too tight um, container. So one self-healing tool is to make space for your energies to move. And too often we think about, well, I'll just go for a walk. But if you go for a walk, but you're still on lockdown, that walk isn't giving your energies the, enough space to move. Whereas if you can open up the lockdown, the cabinets that you've got yourself kind of um, shut away in, uh, you have more space to work with and your energies will, will start to move and activate the body's innate ability to heal. Right. And you're doing this work intentionally so that it's important not to just open stuff, you know, and so that we're, we're vulnerable, right? You talk in the book yeah. about having gatekeepers that, yes. are, that are parts of our psychic abilities that, that make sure that, um, you know, we, when we open, we open wisely or when things come in, they, 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 they come in in the, in the right way. So we're not overwhelmed with things. I, I right. think that's important too, right? The, right. the guardians um, uh, of our um, vulnerabilities, if you like, so, so that we're not right. overwhelmed. Right. And I talk about the gatekeeper in the book as a mechanism. And, you know, in just everyday terms, your gatekeeper is your immune system. It's your physical, emotional, energetic and spiritual immune system. It keeps the gates of self. And it says this can come in. This has to stay out. This is me. This is not me. Um, this is something I can use. This is something I'm going to reject. And we know our gatekeepers because it's re reacting all day long. You know, we hear somebody's voice and we think, ooh, I don't like that person. And you don't know why. It's just your gatekeeper setting off a little alarm saying, hey, watch out for that person. There's something about them that, that doesn't feel quite right to me in this moment or reminds me of someone who I, I, I couldn't trust. Right. Um, so we need to work with that gatekeeper. It is the mechanism that keeps us in a body that keeps us, uh, me separate from you so that you and I, you know, we're, we're both big masses of energy flowing, but we don't want to get mushed together. We want to know that this is Ellen and this is Paul and we know who's who. And, you know, it's built in. We have to have a gatekeeper. It, it really is our, our, our friend. It's, it's like the bouncer at the bar. It, right. it, it's out and, the unwanted and, influences, but it also keeps peace within the bar so that things can move. We're at the gate. We're at the gate of the of the first segment, folks. We gotta we gotta go. The gatekeeper's saying it's time for the break. Uh, we'll okay. be back in a couple of minutes with Ellen Mer Meredith and uh, join us then. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio.
the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. All right, welcome back to today's show. We're talking about the language your body speaks with Alan Meredith, and it's a lovely book, and it's published by uh, New World Library, but of course available in all the usual outlets. And if you like Ellen's work and want to find out more about what she does, uh, you can go to her website. It's simple, ellenmeredith.com, and uh, find out more from from there. Um, but we're, we're talking about the fascinating um, smorgasbord, if you like, uh, of, uh, or as you call it, the, the, the web of meaning, right, that our energy yes. centers have. And, yes. Um, uh, there was a great chapter on on sound movement and pattern which I liked because um, uh-huh. I'm a big uh, yeah I love music and I love sound and I'm I'm yeah. quite into um, Hindu chanting and whatnot and I know that there's a tremendous power to to those chants but yes. but sound in general is is a part of the the energy that we can tune into right. Yes, absolutely. I mean, sound is one of the ways energy, uh, it's a big part of the energy vocabulary that the body uses. And right. it's fun to play around with it. I mean, um, if you say you have a little stomach ache, try sounding a note into that stomach ache and seeing what note your stomach wants or needs in order to resolve whatever is stressing it. Um, try, you know, playing music right into uh, a body part that is is speaking to you and, and complaining. Um, as you say, chanting can be very powerful and um, lullabies are very powerful. Mm. Um, and I don't know what it's like in, in Wales, but over here, a lot of times, you know, kids are shamed to make sounds. They're, they're taught, you know, kids should be seen and not heard. And, you know, there's all these sayings around, you know, don't make noise. And again, we learn to feel that it's not okay to vocalize. It's not okay to play with sound. And it's a major tool for moving energy and working with energy. And um, I'm very tonal. So sometimes in order to get myself out of a a bad mood, I'll make up a song and I'll just, I'll sing my feelings and I'll sing what I want to change. And I'll try to move into the song I want my body to be singing. And I can, I can sing myself right out of a bad mood you know, within about five or 10 minutes, if I'm not too embarrassed that someone's listening to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's why we sing in the, in the shower and stuff, right? The, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people are quite operatic in the shower, but they would never dare to sing outside. But I right. think that's part, part of it. They're safe in there and then they can let themselves, uh, you know, express. And that which uh, there's a word you used, uh, play. You know, we, we, we lose, we've lost that sense of playfulness, I think. You know, as we grow up, you're not supposed to be playing. That's a, a waste of time. You've got to work. You know, it's that Puritan ethic. And um, playfulness is, is so important, I think, isn't it? The light touch, the lightheartedness is, is very just, healing. It's healing. It's very healing, and it's part of the toolkit in self-healing. Can you imagine going to a doctor and, you know, say you've got a chronic problem with, with your, you know, like uh, with your bowel or with, with your stomach or digestion or something, and can you imagine your doctor saying, well, play with it. Let's play around with what will make it a difference yeah. for you. 
play around with how it feels when you do this or that. And when you're in the shower, for example, you mentioned that there's some very powerful energy medicine happening and what I call lifestyle medicine, where the water itself moves energy. Water conducts Mm -hmm. energy really beautifully. And, um, and the singing moves energy. And because you're not doing it for other people, you're doing it for yourself, that too, you're intuitively rebalancing energies that are out of balance in you that will cause illness if they stay out of balance, but you're putting them back. Just like we learn to, you know, if you look in the mirror and see some green spinach in your teeth, you're going to pick it out. You're not going to run to the dentist. And, you know, if your hair's a mess, you're going to pull a comb through it or a brush through it. We don't learn to do that simple self-regulation um, and self-care with our body's energies, but our body is made of energies. So if we can learn to untangle them, if we can learn to play with them, if we can call in what's needed, just intuitively using what, what comes to us uh, in, instinctually, we can stay much healthier then most of us stay. I mean, most of us put blinders on and we we kind of hook into the computer for hours and hours and we don't move and we don't breathe enough and we don't allow our energies the full scope scope of of their being and they fight back with symptoms. It's not a big mystery why there's so much chronic illness uh, on the planet at this time. We know sometimes just getting up and, and moving or going for a walk, you know, could be very healthy for for you. Remember when I was growing up, you know, everybody would be taking their daily constitutional, as they called it, you yes. know, because the the walk was good for the constitution, basically. Yes. And, and I noticed that myself, you know, I come up with a lot of good ideas when I'm walking as well, because I'm outside of my regular routine and, and ideas flow as, as I'm walking. But it's also good for my physical self as well and my emotional self to get out there into the the fresh air and just go go for a walk, you know, and and that's the simplest thing, isn't it? And yet yet it's it's exactly what you're saying. You know, in the East, there's this whole uh, system of uh, gestures, you know, called mudras. Yes. um, That, you know, quite profound. And and we have the same thing in the in the West. But it's they've it's sort of become negated in some ways, you know, as, as kind of weird. But we're sort of enamored by things from the east, so we, we pay attention. But but really, the the, the movements and and uh, ritual gestures, uh, you know, have been with us again for millennia, and they're powerful, right. aren't they? They they allow energy to move depending on the on the particular gesture that we're using. Yes, and and in the book, I I actually encourage people to develop a vocabulary of you know what I call fake sign language, where they're basically learning what what feel what it feels like when you do a certain gesture, what it feels like when you do another gesture, and you know creating your own gesture. What gesture can you use to let go of to push away someone who you feel is invading in your space? What gesture can you use to call someone in who you would like to feel a greater connection with? What gesture can you use to create harmony between you and someone you're maybe squabbling with or fighting with? And, you know, gesture is, again, part of the language of energy that we use unconsciously. But when you begin to use it consciously, you get much more effect from it. So um, absolutely going for a walk is is fabulous. And but there's 
hundreds, maybe thousands of what I call lifestyle medicine things we can do that move our energy personally. So for me, there's a particular color. When I am off in any way, if I look at that color, it brings me right home to myself. It's kind of a purpley blue color that just, oh my God, it speaks to my soul. For someone else, that color is going to be something totally different. And if you don't know what colors do for you personally, then, oh, you've got a fun exploration ahead of you because it's you can't find it in a book. Your body didn't read the book, but your mm. body will tell you how it responds to green and blue and yellow and red and various tones and hues of color and different kinds of sound and different kinds of music. And, you know, most people have a favorite song. I mean, there's three or four songs that I almost always have to get up and dance. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to out myself, put the lime in the coconut. I don't know if people know. that. <laughs> I love that song. You can put it on still today and I will be up dancing. It <laughs> me to move with joy. It just brings me joy. And I don't know why, but I don't need to know why to say, wow, what's in my toolkit to bring up joy, to bring up celebration, to bring up connection, to bring up protection when I need it. And, and that's what I'm talking about in the book is encouraging people to develop their own personalized energy vocabulary of, of actions and gestures and sounds and, and, and uh, light, you know, all kinds of tools that you can use to enter into the dialogue your body, mind and spirit are already having. I guess you call it dialogue if there's three parts. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a conversation um, with with all the elements around us. You know, I, I have a, a, a cup that I that keep my water in, you know, that's usually company's meat. And uh, it's a sort of orange red color. And I, I love that. You know, every time I have it, it feels right. You know, and yeah. uh, I love I love the particular color. And, yeah. uh, you know, it inspires me. And I know that's silly, you know, carrying a water cup that's, that's a certain color. But I think it speaks to what you're saying. You know, you feel good. It's, it's, yeah. um, it's inspirational. So therefore, the, you know, that's that's helpful for you. We right. And it's stuff that it's, feel awful around us, you know. Right. It's energy medicine. It is medicine for your energy to mm -hmm. shift your energy in the direction of positive feeling of wellness in, in the direction of feeling more whole, more inspired, happier, uh, more uh, expressive of who and what you are. And so it's not at all silly, it's profound. I mean, it, it's much uh, more meaningful than reading somebody's quote out loud in a solemn voice and saying, this is deep wisdom. If the yeah doesn't do anything for you then you know go with bouncing bouncing a ball that's a nice color that you really like playing with yes. because that's going to do more for your energy than staying in your brain and trying to think yourself into wellness or think yourself into enlightenment yeah exactly yeah thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the you know we, we over uh, play our minds don't we we, we think that's the center <laughs> locus the center of everything whereas it's right. probably just this, a very small part of what's really what's really going on here, you know. But we give it so much credence, and and again, okay. it's very serious. It's it's uh, we we can't, it doesn't want to laugh at itself, definitely, and uh, right. seldom wants to laugh at anybody else either, you know. Maybe right. put other people down, but not not uh, enter into that joy joyful place that you're talking about. 
Um, right. And yeah. I mean, the mind, you know, I call it the talking self and its job is to create dramas in this life and to create identities yeah. and to travel around in consciousness to not necessarily stay with the body full time. The body will enact whatever dramas the mind is going through, though. So if you're watching, you know, disaster movie after disaster movie, you're running a lot of stress hormones that maybe aren't the healthiest choice for your body day in, day out. But um, the mind is designed to do that. It's a wonderful, wonderful musician to play the instrument. But if your instrument's a kazoo because you never pay attention to it, if you never pay attention to your body and what it needs and its own rhythms, and you're always just up in your brain trying to create more identity and build your resume and climb your ladder, then what happens is that when you go to play the music of your soul or the music of the identity you're creating and you're playing it on a kazoo, it doesn't sound so great. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. I like that analogy. That's good. And I would also say that some people would think that we're we're right in the midst of a disaster movie in our society right now. Uh, you know, yeah. it's hard to turn the television off or whatever uh, and is. get some peace, right? Because right. Uh, there's so much divisiveness right now. Um, oh, there and, is. Yeah, and that, that that's unsettling. You know. Um, so I know a lot of people have been driven crazy, and then you add COVID to that. And uh, yes, by the way, talking about COVID, you know, I, I don't particularly like this elbow nudging that we're doing, but <laughs> I do like the namaste, namaste when we when a lot of people have taken that up, you know, yeah, because there, there's like a that. there's a mudra, right? There's a, there's a I behold the Christ in you, basically, it's what it's yeah. saying. Um, and I love that, you know, that we can, because again, it, it makes us present to the person just simply holding that gesture. And, yes. uh, you know, so that, that's one of the little benefits, I think, that can come, come out of, um, you know, circumstances that aren't always wonderful, but we can find something meaningful within them. I think that's important. Right, right. And in, in the energy medicine community that I, I'm part of the Eden energy medicine world, um, we figure eight with the other person, you know, because you can stand eight feet apart or whatever, and you figure uh, eight towards and away the other person to to just create unity between between their the, their energies and yours. And that's another nice way to kind of honor their spirit and honor the, the energy exchange that happens. Um, and it is, you know, I think this this issue of we are in a very difficult time and it it is people are afraid of getting ill or they are getting ill sometimes from stress and sometimes, you know, from, from COVID. And um, one of the things my teachers suggested, well, two, two things, look at your true storyline. So if you don't actually have the virus right now, do what you need to do to be careful, you know, wear your mask and stay inside and whatever. But within that, don't let that be your reality because your reality isn't, I have a virus. The reality is other people are suffering from the virus right now and my compassion goes out to them. But what I can contribute to the web of connections that, that feeds all of us is something that they maybe can't because they're suffering, which is the opposite of suffering. What can I, what can I put into the the collective pot energetically, mm -hmm. that um, that adds to the weave in a positive way? Can I play my music? Can I get back to some form of artwork? Can I? Um, write different narratives, not to deny the one that's going, you know, the toxic narrative that's on the news every day. But um, here's an exercise that my teachers gave me just a couple days ago. They said, okay, take the toxic narrative and write it as if this were the obituary for that toxic time and say what positive things it led to. 
So, you know, that this was the time when people, when, when it, the, the, the contrast between the haves and the have nots got so great that people woke up to why that was problematic and got the will to change it. You know, just for an example, this was the time when people started lying so much in the news that 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 the people rose up and passed some new regulations about what was acceptable to share in public spaces about about uh, fact checking um, shared public announcements. You know, I mean, so to kind of turn it around to say this is the middle of a story. And what about this story is going to awaken new direction new hope, new effort, um, and new uh, commitment, because we can, those of us who aren't suffering right now, literally from the virus or suffering where we have to be struggling with, uh, you know, 24 seven on how am I going to make money or whatever, you know, whatever your truth is and your situation is, you have to take it where you find it. But if your situation is, well, I'm not happy with the news I'm hearing, but, you know, in my own four walls, I'm actually fairly comfortable. Then you ask yourself, what can I contribute to the shared culture other than worry, anxiety, um, or amplifying the toxic uh, narrative that is running rampant? Can I add some new narrative that maybe is a counterbalance? Exactly. Very, very well put. Perfect uh, unity teaching, too, you know. To, Emmett Fox said, take your mind off the problem and put it on God or put it on spirit and put right. it on possibility, you could say, right? And the, rather right. than the, the limits. Um, right. And, and that's that's a powerful way to, to approach life. As, as Charles Dickens said, you know, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And I think that's that's always true. You know, it's, right. it, there's always terrible things happening. There's always joyous things happening. Where, where's our focus? You know, how, how can we right. be helpful? Um, we only got a few minutes left and there's a whole lot of book to cover. Um, <laughs> you do talk about the figure eight or the infinity symbol a lot. And I like that because to me, it's the symbol of uh, as above, so below, right? It's yes. the connectedness between our embodied selves and our, and our spiritual selves. Um, and the endless cycle of, of that eight going around and around. Right. And, and I like the idea that when two people are together, you know, we're creating that infinity between us, yes. um, you know, yes. which, which is a holy encounter, isn't it, almost? Uh-huh, it really is. And yet on a very pragmatic level as well, the figure eight is one of the baseline movements of your body's energies. So people mm. who see energies will tell you that the more figure eights figure eight movements they see in someone's aura or in someone's energy field, the healthier that person is. So if you want to be healthy, if you want to, you know, stay healthy and maybe not catch the virus or whatever, you can figure eight your own energy field, little, little figure eights and big figure eights and, you know, whole body figure eights and then tiny, tiny fairy flow figure eights all around you. This is a Donna Eden technique that is just brilliant because often you know, people have used it to accelerate healing after a surgery, um, to accelerate um, uh, recovery from, from some kind of illness. It really works to weave your body's energies into better communication. And it's it's a building block. So absolutely, the figure eight is both uh, the figurative as above, so below, or I call it, you know, source, self, world, that big figure eight between where we get the energy, how we process it through ourselves and how we put it out in the world and bring it back again in an endless figure eight. 
Yeah, yeah. But in very literal terms, if you move your hand in a figure eight pattern all around your body many times a day or whenever there's a problem, often you can just nip that problem in the bud and get get your energies working again to to feed your Mm -hmm. organs and to to heal whatever needs to be healed. I like that. Yeah. Trinities pop up all over the place in my world. You know, that's it's the way that the, the universe is constructed, right? And you, yeah. you talk about the three parts of ourselves. In unity, we talk about body, mind, and spirit. And you have yes. a similar, similar trinity. Um, yes. And they all have to be in harmony. Otherwise, there's something off kilter, right? We're not going to yeah. have true healing unless all of them are functioning at, their, at the level they, they need to function, but healthily. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I give an exercise that I can talk about very quickly. I think we have time um, called the cosmic eight. And it's very helpful for you to figure out where your energy is moving and where it's getting stuck. So you take one hand and you reach. I usually do behind me. If that works for you, do it. You can also do above through your body below. So you can you want to do sort of behind you through your body and ahead of you in a figure eight pattern. And very slowly draw that figure eight. It it doesn't have to be huge, but it can be. And feel where the eight moves and where your hand gets a little stuck. Like where it moves easily and where it's moving, you know, more because you're pushing it or there's a little bit of resistance. And if you think of sort of the the back part or the, the, the underground part as the source or the soul, and you come in the middle of the eight is your body, and then the outer part of the eight is is your adventures in the world, your, your talking self and your mind. And you do that, you can do a little diagnosis of where am I getting stuck? Who's getting the most attention? Who's getting the least attention? And is there good movement between these three parts of the self? And then you can continue. So you use it to assess then you continue to just try to influence that eight to move more smoothly, to actually smooth out those relationships using gesture to tell your body, hey, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm looking for is this integration of body, mind, spirit. So I'm using my hand to invite body, mind, spirit to come in a good um, universal rhythm of the figure eight. And then you can even enhance it to say, well, what can I invoke or or call in, invite into this process to even enhance that relationship. So maybe I fill my hand with grace and I bring grace throughout the figure eight so that I'm actually feeling it, talking to it and enhancing it by invoking from a, from a source or from a, from a resource of the universe, something that will make it an even richer communication. I love it. Yeah, very nice. And I was doing the same thing again for myself. And I noticed every time I passed by my my left side of my head, I I got the a sort of a sense. It was not not something I needed healing so much as just aware of that part of me. And I guess that might be the feminine side. Um, well, um, it might. Yeah, it yeah. might be, or it could be left brain. If you were by your head, it could be your left brain too. So yeah. you'll have to sit with that and say. You know, what what does that say to me? But you don't even have to know to say, well, I want it to be integrated. So I'm going to listen, but I'm also going to invite it to open to the other other dimensions of the eight. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Very fascinating. And there's there's a whole lot more in the book, folks. And and I love the healing conversations that we can have with ourselves and and aspects of ourselves. There's quite a, 
a, bit, a big part in the book on that. Um, but I think we've covered some grounds here to give you an inkling of uh, how fascinating this, uh, this study is. And uh, I'm going to tell you about next week's show, and I'm going I'm to ask Alan to give us three to five words that we can take with us into our week that might be helpful to us. So I'll give you a chance to be thinking about that, Ellen, as I tell okay. you about next week. And next week, Susan Chomsky is going to join me, and she's going to talk about her latest book. It's uh, focusing on how to unlock your seven chakras, you know, the powerful energy centers in your body for healing, happiness, and transformation. So that should be a nice tie-in with uh, what we discussed today. So I was piggybacking on some some ideas there. So next week, Susan Shumsky. Um, now we're going to have wisdom of, from Alan about how what can we do in the, this week coming up? I mean, you've already taught us a number of techniques, but uh, maybe there's a few words that might be helpful for us. Okay. I, were you saying five separate words or you want just one, one thought? Any, anything you want to give to us that you think might be helpful. Okay. Um, here's what I think is helpful. I, I wrote down five words because I thought that's what you wanted. But what I really want to say is find for yourself three to five words that seem to be touchstones for you, that yeah. really bring you home to yourself or bring you home to something that's important to you. Uh, one word that is uh, a touchstone word for me is the word consolation. For some reason, I kept wanting to write a story called Consolation. And 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 so I, when I'm sort of lost or unfocused, sometimes I just say the word Consolation and try to enact that physically with myself in some way. So mm -hmm. what I want to invite people to do, rather than take my words, is to find for yourself three words that will guide this you home this week, that are touchstones, that when you're in doubt or when you're feeling disoriented or not outside yourself in some way, pull up one of the words and say it over and over to yourself and maybe even dance it or enact it or make some fake sign language to, you know, what would it be in, in your own version of sign language that expresses some truth that's really important to you in that word. Yeah, I like that. By the way, there's uh, beautiful music, I think, by uh, List called Consolation. So ah, maybe, maybe you might want to look, look uh, I think it's waltzes or something, but uh, I remember our music person playing them at church sometime. They're, they're absolutely beautiful. Okay. Uh, folks, we're out of time. Thank you so much, Alan, for being on the, on the show. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, I really appreciate you being part of uh, the ongoing work that we're doing. Thanks again, Alan. Sure. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with Positive Prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on Positive Prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open Positive Prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.